All righty, everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of Scooter and the Big Man. The New York Mets finally have a new general manager. We also have a new catcher as well. We talk all the free agents that the New York Mets are linked to. We talk about the all MLB team. Pat surprises us with the surprise of the century. And we also do some New York Mets trivia. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. So we had a extremely eventful week for our New York Mets. And I think this is only going to be the start of things to come. We have a fucking general manager and I feel like that's where we have to start. So welcome to the New York Mets, Mr. Jared Porter. Yeah. He had his, uh, he has introductory press conference today and uh, all things went well to be, to uh, put this on the table. I feel like we're all in the same boat. I didn't really know too much about him before they signed him. Um, I just remember the, his name getting, yeah, his name getting thrown <laughs> out. Um, the only thing I, I, I did a little research on him uh, afterwards. They signed him. He worked his four World Series rings, and that's all I really needed to know at that point. He worked with the worked with the Red Sox for all their three championships. He worked with under Theo Epstein and the Cubs, and was working with as an assistant GM with the Diamondbacks prior to this. So he has the front office experience and uh, just a baseline. Everything in his, in his press conference. I, I fucked with. I, I liked. I liked what he was saying. He sounds like an actual human being as opposed to Brady Van Wagenen just uh, regurgitating like a PR sheet. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I heard the name Jared Porter, and I did not like get excited because obviously I have no idea who the fuck Jared Porter is. Shout out to any real baseball fan that like is that in depth in like the front office side of it, where like you heard this name and you're like, oh, it's Jared Porter. Because I had no reaction to that. <laughs> Uh, that being said, similar to what you just said, hearing what he, where he's been, he's kind of a younger guy still like he has a lot of energy. His press conference was really fun. Um, and like you said, like Brody's always just sounded like a politician and this guy just kind of like fit the mold that Sandy Alderson was doing where he was just kind of like a straight shooter. Like the information was just there. This is what it is. He didn't really like sugarcoat or like try to dodge or dip questions. They asked him direct questions. He gave him direct answers. And it was like, Cool. It seems like he f- will fit in well with this current regime and what we're doing. He sounds like he knows what the fuck he's doing. And that's all you can really ask that if you're your general manager, the base, the baseline thing of all you can ask about your GM. Um, yeah, he was, he was, they said straight shooter. I think is the best kind of term to put into that. Um, I feel like a lot of people, again, I don't really know too much about all these GM cans, but I feel like everyone was, uh, Billy Owens, the dude from the A's, just because Sandy was with the A's, that's who they had their mindset on. But from everything I heard, and we'll we'll talk more about it in, the, in a second. But from everything I heard from him, he he kind of said everything I I kind of wanted him to say. Um, the first thing though, I do want to bring up about this press conference. Do you guys see Sandy Alderson's fucking background? Sandy Alderson's house looks exactly like every Long Island grandpa's home. He had like garden gnomes, like dark wood furniture and like just like the curtains in the background were also old. Like everything was like this man has no money. <laughs> it was the fucking uh, if you go back and like look at the actual picture of his background, there's like a one one specific like elf gnome troll doll, whatever the fuck you want to call it in the right, the left hand corner that I can never unsee. It was the creepiest fucking thing ever. Do you think it, I think they were porcelain? I think they were like porcelain garden gnomes. I don't I know, go. but I don't want to see it ever again. I'm going to go back. I want to look at it right now. They're definitely right. porcelain. Yeah, they're all 
they're all like antiques and very expensive. Like it's, it's creepy. Like the man has his legs crossed and yeah, they are. It was a weird, they scene. Are that was wild. Like the, I like for the first five minutes of like Sandy talking, I couldn't think I couldn't really, I wasn't really paying attention to what he was saying. I was just focused on the background. Like what the fuck am I seeing? But let's talk about the actual, the, the meat and potatoes of the, of the interview. What, uh, what stood out to you? I mean, honestly, this was, um, similar to like when Steve Cohen took over, like i like when they actually mention like the direct players on the team. Mm-hmm. I know that could be like a little, not necessarily controversial cause they're on the fucking team, but like, you don't want to compliment somebody during the press conference and, and then potentially trade them. That being said, I don't think Jacob DeGrom's going anywhere. <laughs> and like he mentioned multiple times that DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. It's a luxury to have like uh, a true ace that can anchor down a rotation. And that gives you flexibility with what you can do with the rest of your rotation. If you want to go for another plus arm, or if you want to just stack the back end, you can. Um, so I thought that was interesting. He did mention that more than once. Uh, he also mentioned Pete Alonzo being mm-hmm. one of the best first basemen in baseball. And that I feel like we're all starting to forget that a little bit because Pete had a quote unquote down year and Pete's down year wasn't even that bad. Compared. It was the average. I think Dom Smith's year was so good that it made people think Pete was so much worse. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I think the, the main down part of Alonzo was kind of his average and him not hitting big situ- bigger situations. But if you look like the adjusted 162 game numbers, he was still projected to hit like 35 homers and like 90 something RBI. So like that's a down year. I, I'd take that any day of the week. I would like, I would have liked the average to be up. Obviously that was something we talked about the entire season and that was the down part of the entire year, but yeah, good, good on him for right out of the gate, like putting his faith still in like Pete and kind of being like, Oh, we don't, we don't want to have to make a decision whether it's a DH or not between Pete and Dom. We're going to find roles for either of them because we think both of these guys are really, really valuable and good. Another thing that he brought up, uh, he brought up defense up the middle. So obviously he likes the James McCann move, um, mm-hmm. but he also mentioned center field defense and infield defense up the middle. Um, so obviously the Mets are linked to George Springer. That would be a nice plus at center field. And then if you're thinking up the middle right now, Shortstop defense is pretty okay. I mean, Jimenez is a great fucking defensive shortstop if if he is your opening day shortstop. And then McNeil going over to second, that's more of his natural position. You feel comfortable that he's a plus defender at second base. So even right now, as we are currently constructed, up the middle defense is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting with uh with McNeil moving back to second because he hasn't had he hasn't played second consistently basically his entire uh, major league career with the Mets. He's been bouncing around. Like he has played second, obviously, but like sparingly. Last year he was in the outfield and playing third base. The year before that, he was playing a lot of third. Um, so it's his natural position. So you expect him to be better. But you know, you get Springer. Springer's a plus defender in the in center field. Jimenez, we we saw is a is a more than plus defender. That's his strength. And McCann's a good defender who we're going to talk about later. Um, so if McNeil's just average to average to good. Their up the middle defense is 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 great. Um, Let me add, I want to ask you a question. I know, I know we're going to get into this. Um, that being said, I feel like we keep acting as if George Springer is already a Met. He is not. Uh, they are obviously heavy, heavily linked to him. And there's a lot of mutual interest. That being said, let's say the George Springer thing completely falls apart. Who are some other options that you would think? Like I think Jackie Bradley Jr. That's the name. Is that the next one? Is there someone we're missing? That's probably the next best option. 
Um, cause JBJ is, is not, not the hitter that Springer is by any means. He did get off to like a hot start this year for the Red Sox, but he's not, he's not a big hitter. He is one of the best defensive center fielders. It's not the best defensive center fielder in the league. So you're sacrificing a lot of offense to get a good amount of defense of upgrade. And honestly, if we're thinking about it, I, I was, I think Springer is obviously still the, the number, the number one target at this point, but you think about it, the Mets don't need the bat as much as they might need the defense, but with Springer being a plus bat and plus glove, you'd rather that. But JBJ is a, is a, is an okay constellation prize. Yeah. Honestly, like if the Mets do lose out on the George Springer, it is not the end of the world. I really don't think so. Um, like you just said, like with the addition of McCann, this offense is going to be really fucking good as it currently is. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you add George Springer to that, they're going to be a probably like a top three lineup in all of baseball with George Springer. In it. And that's not really being, that's not, not, being a bias, that's not a biased Met fan take. Like they will be a top three offense. They already were the top offense and batting average last year. Yeah. So you're adding McCann, you're adding George Springer out of nowhere. Like this offense is really, really good. Hopefully they can just start scoring with runners in scoring position, but that's more situational than when it comes down to anything else. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if for some reason we don't end up with George Springer and we end up with Jackie Bradley Jr., I'm still pretty good with that. I, I just want to see somebody in center field that can go chase down a fucking ball. Like we haven't seen that since Ligaris. Like Ligaris used to fucking go where, where extra base hits go to die, Juan Ligaris, or like 70% of the world is covered by water and the rest is covered by Juan Ligaris. Like I fucking miss having that level of talent in center field. It's always nice. And like we said, we, we've talked up Brandon Nimmo. We don't, we don't dislike Brandon Nimmo. He's just not the best center fielder in terms of defense, but let's move on to one of the other things that really stood out about the, the press conference was Porter saying that uh, I forget who actually asked him the question, but obviously you had that fucking uh, rat Andy Martino talking about the process. It's not, it's scaring people off that they want to, that Cohen wants to win in three to five years. Well, Jared Porter basically said, fuck you and said uh, the three to five years thing motivates him. And that's something that was awesome to hear. Honestly, it's a guy who that's what you say. You put your faith in, Hey, I want to win. It's like, I'm not going to put a timetable on it, but if my owner and GM are like, we want to try and win in three to five years, I'm going to try and fucking win in three to five years. It, mo- it motivates me to be as best I fucking can. What do you think about that? No, I liked it. I mean, we kind of knew that this was going to be the type of person that they brought in, uh, whether it was Jared Porter or not. You kind of knew this mentality would exist uh, because San- uh, not Sandy, Steve Cohen doubled down on it on Twitter when this Andy Martino rat fella put out his whole article being like, it's scaring candidates away. Steve doubled down. Then he was like, listen, if it's scaring people away, that's fucking good because I don't want you if it's scaring you away. I only want a talent that wants this challenge. I want a general manager who wants, Hey, this is a three to five year window. Let's go fucking win a championship. And that's the guy he got. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm very pleased with everything that Jared Porter said. Like, honestly, his attitude was great. He was direct. He -hmm. was down to earth. And honestly, besides his hair kind of sucking, seemed like a good dude. He had had like a two pay like thing going today. I didn't like it. Spin zone on that though. Our last general manager, uh, like you said, was a good-looking dude. So now we need a we need a porter, uh, a, a a man's man, a uh, a guy who looks like us. Yeah, honestly, give me give me like a chubby guy with like bad hair and like stains on his shirt, and just go win a fucking championship. Because the pretty boy politician Brody was not enough. I'm glad you said because there's another thing I want to. This is more uh, Sandy Alderson said this. Um, 
which I fucking love and I couldn't agree more. He said that uh, the fans don't want us to win the off season. They want us to win the season. And I, like I said, I couldn't fucking agree more with that. Like, it's cool to get all, like, we want all these guys. We want to have the big off season. We want to get the springs. We want to get the powers, but we just want to fucking win. And at the end of the day, if those guys aren't the uh, wind out, wind up not being the fits and we still win a championship, that's all I want. It is true. I honestly, the more Sandy Alderson speaks at these press conferences, the more I fucking love him. You know, he's just, he's just, he's everything I wanted him to be the first stint he was here, but you could tell that he was probably a little bit suppressed mm-hmm. by uh, the old ownership. It sounds like Sandy's just like a crazy old dude just going off now. And it's like, it's so nice, but he's like an educated old dude who, who also thinks that we're still in 2012 at times. But other than that, he's, <laughs> he's got his porcelain dolls and hopefully he'll get us some world series rings. You can tell he just loves joking around in these zoom meetings. Now it's so laid back now, you know, he couldn't pick a different room. I know we're going back to this, but like <laughs> he doesn't have another room in his house where like when he sat down and he saw the porcelain dolls over his shoulders, like where he was like, nah, this is probably bad. I should probably just like try like somewhere anywhere else in the house. He the, probably picked that spot and he was like, Nope, this is it. We're doing it. The only good thing about these, uh, these zoom chat, uh, interviews now is shit like that. You get to see the inside people's houses and we get a gem like that of seeing the absolute absurdity of Sandy Elton's house. Can I, can I share an unpopular opinion, please? Um, over like the last, like probably like five years, somebody in the Mets organization that I personally hated, uh, was Jay Horowitz. And I thought he ruined every single like media press conference, free agency thing, because like he was just like a, I, I know he was with the organization for a really long time and he was very good at his job in the past, but like in his older age, he, you could tell he wasn't like doing a very good job of like delegating the questions. He was bumbling over himself. He was tripping over himself. The guy they had today, Howard, Howard mm-hmm. was phenomenal. He was introducing every single person. It was clear. He was like, running this press conference so smoothly. And I I can imagine that running a, like a zoom press conference is probably very challenging. And he was just like flowing through it, like no issues. If that was Jay, Jay would have probably collapsed on the spot. So like, (laughs) I, I just love everything that this new regime is doing. I hope Jay is doing well wherever he is, but I'm very happy. He's not going to be a part of these like big press conferences with the general manager, with Steve Cohen, with these big free agent signings that are going to be coming in. And like, I just don't want someone like making the Mets look bad and they don't really have that right now. And it's, it's, it's so refreshing. Speaking about big free agency signings, let's move on to the other big news that came out of Saturday. And that was the Mets finally got their got a catcher, James McCann, four years, $40 million going into the off season. Every, a lot of people, including myself were on the JT Ramuto train and Honestly, his his contract demands that he was he was thrown out there kind of soured, not really soured, but cool people off on the Ramuto train. Like, hey, we can kind of get a guy who's a little bit worse for a lot less money. Uh, I like the James McCann signing a lot. Um, I think it's a great value for a very good player who's been really, really good the past two years in Chicago and anything I've read on uh, people from Chicago talking about like who was it was like White Sox Dave on uh, Barstool put out an entire blog talking about James McCann, like how he was like, the Mets couldn't have got a better fucking guy. He, I love this dude in Chicago. And that made me, that made me even more excited for, for James McCann to, to come here. Um, I want to get your thoughts though. So obviously you were very big on JT from the jump. I was pretty big on James McCann from the jump. Um, I kind of made this clear that 
I wanted James McCann that I was worried with JT's giving JT that kind of contract that he's going to be asking for. And honestly, I don't think he's going to get No, I, I think he's going to end up taking like some weird value deal where he gets like a three-year deal with like a one-year opt out. And he tries this again next year when everything's back to normal. Um, that being said, like getting him on a four-year $40 million deal, $10 million a year. The Mets have a great catching prospect who is 19 years old named Ali Sanchez. So give him time to develop in the minor leagues. And by time this contract is over, you'll probably have a backstop duo with McCann and Sanchez. And you can like transition, hopefully, into Sanchez getting this number one job as McCann goes on for his free agency again in four years. But this is just such a home run signing. McCann's improvements over the last two years defensively, offensively, he's just been probably like a top five catcher in baseball. So like the Mets aren't getting a schlep by missing out on JT Real Muto. They are getting a very, very good fucking player. And also McCann hits for average, like his batting average the last two years has been over 270. So this guy can swing the bat. His defense has improved dramatically. Uh, I watched like a whole clip on how like he now keeps his like right knee completely flush to the ground instead of keeping it up. And it's helped him frame pitches and get like the low strike calls like, this guy has put a lot of work into it. Everyone from Chicago is saying that he's like just a leader and a great dude. Stroman's already reached out on Twitter saying like, he cannot wait to work with this guy. I, I, I think it's a home run. I'm, I'm really, really excited for this signing. Yeah. The, the pitch framing thing was like kind of the big selling point that I saw all over, all over Twitter, how just kind of comparing him to Wilson Ramos, which Wilson Ramos was a shitty defensive player. Um, but just the, the, the gap between the two is like uh, pitch frames on like close pitches. Ramos was at like a, 24% uh, strike call where McCann was like 36 or something like that, like an, an insane gap in between. And that's like, we haven't really seen a good defensive catch on the Mets in a long, long time. So like Porter said, he wanted uh, defense up the middle. We got defense up the middle and going back to the the press conference, um, there was something else that was said um, about Real Muto was Sandy Bates said that Rumuto wasn't going to sign before like mid January. And the quote that I, I like that he said, um, which is, which is kind of open on, on everything going on um, that they, they could wait on some, some guys, basically some positions, but not all of them. They, it was very smart to be like, Hey, if Rumuto is not going to sign, we can't really let this guy go and have to be backed into signing a contract. We don't really want to with, with Rumuto. Like if, if they don't sign James McCann, maybe the angels get him. And down the line in January, Muta's like, hey, you guys don't have any other better catching options available. Give me my seven years, like $180 million contract. And you're kind of forced to at that point, or else you go get another bargain bin guy. So also, just to even add more on McCann here, a lot of people are worried about giving a catcher who's 30, 30 years old, like a four-year deal. Regardless of whether they went JT or McCann here, you were doing that in this option. Mm-hmm. Um Here's something to make Met fans and just baseball fans feel like better about having a catcher who is over the age of 30. I have met examples for you. Mike Piazza made six all-star games after the age of 30. Gary Carter made five all-star games after the age of 30. Paul LaDuca made four all-star games after the age of 30. And Jerry Grody made one all-star game after the age of 30. And they did it in Met uniforms. Do not worry that he is 30 years old. He is turning into the prime of his career and we are going to get at least two to three solid fucking McCann years out of him. And hopefully that fourth year, we can have like a 50 50 and that'd be the fucking perfect scenario. Yeah, you hope- good signing and Met fans need to be excited. This is a great fucking move. 
And like you said before, you hope by the end of this contract, Ali Sanchez is is ready and to take that spot. And even at that that last year, you're platooning the two. That's the time. Hopefully, the timing works out where you got your guys ready for then McCann to transition out. But a good signing nonetheless. Also, um, real yeah. quick too, with with doing this signing instead of doing the JT one, we should also mention that I well, I believe at least this isn't a great signing unless you go out and get a big fish still. Mm. You need to go out and get a Trevor Bauer or a George Springer, or you need to go out and get a pool of talent where you're filling the bullpen with like a Liam Hendricks or something where they're still significant, where it's like, hey, listen, we saved a lot of money on catcher, but look what we did with it. If they went out now and had a mediocre second half of this offseason, I can understand Met fans being a little bit disappointed with how that went. I'm glad you brought that up because I did – I. I I forgot to mention that it well, there was like a lot of kind of backlash on, on Twitter about the McCann signing, just basically like, Hey, we should have got a real Muto. But like for those exact reasons, like if this is in a, in a will pond off season, this would be the last move. Like th- this would be the, the main event move. Trevor may and James McCann, two very nice players, but they can't be your, your marquee free agents. Um, so yeah, if they don't go out and get uh, one of the big fish, you can call it a disappointing offseason. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Um, but right now, the signing is good. That's a good signing to build on. All right. So, uh, Mets had two other free agent signings this past week. Mets bring uh, two minor league relievers in. Not minor leaguers because they're former big leaguers, but on minor league deals. Uh, we bring back, hey, Jerry. Jerry Blevins is coming back on a one-year minor league deal. If he makes the club, it's worth $1.25 million. Uh, I want to comment on this one first. I love Jerry Blevins when he was a Met. I loved his S and Y thing where he did the Hey Jerry show with the other Met players. Like, I think he's just a good dude to have in your clubhouse. Uh, he was great at getting the big lefty out. Curious to see how he does if he makes this team uh, where he's got to do the three batter minimum. Like a full inning of Jerry Blevins is a lot different than him coming on to just like have Bryce Harper swing at a ball in the dirt. So, be curious to see how he is in that role. But nonetheless, happy to have a lefty in the. Pulp Ben, and I'm happy it's someone we know and like already. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, we uh, we kind of called this because uh, I don't remember what episode it was. I think uh, Jerry Blevins was one of our random Mets. We talked about uh, would he work in a in an era where you had to pitch the three batters minimum. So maybe we'll see him in a Met uniform. Um, but yeah, this is a good depth. This is a good depth signing. Like I think the only lefty kind of minor leaguer or even just relief pitcher like straight up relief pitcher they have is like Daniel Zamora. Yeah. And like no, no one else. So like get another lefty, especially a guy who can be, who has the major league experience and in the New York market too. So this is a good signing. Uh, second guy they brought in is Trevin Hildenberg. Um, no, Trevor. I, what'd I say? Trevin. Oh, Trevor Hildenberg. First off, I already don't like this guy. Um, so I'm just going <laughs> to put my, put my flag on that. Um, you know, I hope he doesn't make the team because uh, he already made shitty comments towards me. Why don't you explain uh, yourself? Yeah, we we tweeted at him saying congratulations on uh, our welcome to Queens. And he replied to the tweet saying, thanks, PJ and Pat. There we so, go. I don't know what I did uh, off the rip. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not a big part of this. Uh, I tweeted back at him with the gif that says the fuck. And he then quickly apologized and said, Oh, sorry, my bad. Like Pat's clearly the producer. And then my two counterparts started saying how they were considering starting a show with just PJ and Pat. So I don't see a problem with him. Pat, I, feel, 
Yeah, so, I think we should just make the the end of the after the sound after the uh, the outro song just permanently make it the Pat and PJ show and just run for another hour. I think this guy's got got a genius idea. That sounds horrible for PJ. So you know what? Yeah, go ahead and do that. I'm sure PJ oh, no, would I'll, love an hour show with just you. I'll do it for the hour, but PJ can leave whenever he wants. But I still got to fill out the hour. My, I'll stay in for two minutes max, and Pat can go with the other 58 minutes by yeah, himself. Kind of hoping like a little more than two minutes, but. I guess that I guess that works. If I had yeah. a nickel. Oh yikes. Yeah, and that's week five. Week that five. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Uh yeah. So the fact that Trevor forgot me from Scooter and the Big Man, I'm gonna forget him from the Mets bullpen. So that's that's how I'm gonna counter that. Unless he wants to come on and apologize and then, you know, we can we can move on. Should we call this podcast now Big Man and the Enda? Since I'm the Enda, I guess that's no. only appropriate. No, no, that's no right. hurt my brain. Um, <laughs> I don't like any of that, but right. I mean, I just want one thing on Hildenberg. He has a, he's a funky motion. He has a nice little, little sidearm motion. So that's kind of cool. That's really all I really know about him. I know he pitched for the twins and he has a funky motion um, and he, he hates Brian. Yeah, apparently. And we, we love signing uh former twin relievers named Trevor. Yes. Um, that being said, that is everyone who the Mets have signed. Pat apparently has something he wants to bring up and talk about. I have no idea what it is. PJ doesn't know what it is. So Pat, whatever you want, just okay. go. Guys, I want you to strap in. All right. Cause I was last week we discussed like we had the big episode with Clem, but also a little nugget that kind of struck my nerves out. You talked about Rachel Luba being like an amazing agent for Trevor Bauer. So I think two days passed and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I, I got to put my investigative journalist hat on and I got to see if I can make something happen. So what I did, I slid into Rachel Luba's DMs. I gave her a brief synopsis of what we are as a podcast. And I mentioned, hey, like we're up and coming. We're trying to get big. Like uh, you're probably not going to see this, but I'd love for just get some information, some little quip about Trevor Brower. We can bring on the podcast, discuss and like try to break headlines. She responded. I will now read her response right now. She said, and I quote, I admire your passion and love for the New York Mets. Obviously, I cannot give you any inside information on Trevor's decision. However, I can leave you with this. Give me your email address and I'll send you over a project that Trevor has been working on the past few weeks with a local radio producer. I can't officially say anything, but this might help give you a slight advantage in your amateur reporting career. If anyone asks, you didn't hear it from me. Ha 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 ha. Enjoy and good luck. So you now, just outed her. You just, the you just outed her. So, hear me out. I, I can bleep. I can bleep. Oh my god! So, without further ado, I present to you what she sent me in that email. Maybe you're right. Maybe there is something in the matter with me. I just don't see how a team in Flushing could be so bad. Look at my stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my fastball's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the guy? A guy who has everything. Look at my trophies, you'd think I'm a lord. This will not be my last Cy Young award. Looking around here, you'd think, sure. Trevor's got everything. Cincinnati has felt like home to me. But free agency makes me not sure. Skyline Chili? <laughs> They've got 20. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. I want to be where the people are. 
I want to see, want to see NYC eating all of those. What do you call them? Oh, BECs. In the boroughs, you won't need a car. Subways are faster but slightly sleazy. Eating pizza from. What's that pizzeria called? Uh, John's of Bleecker Street. Up where they walk, where they crush home runs. Where Gary, Ron, and Keith sound like they're having fun. Sounds perfect to me. Wish I could be a part of New York. I bet it'd feel good to rack up a win underneath that badass Steve Cohen. I'm pretty funny. He's got money. I'm ready to begin. Big Apple, prepare. I'm ready to report. Once my plane lands at LaGuardia Airport. Finally free. So long, Cincy. I'm a part of New York. What the fuck was so, that? So I so you, can't. So you lied to us. So you yeah. lied to us. Oh. So I, I think Trevor Bauer's thinking about coming to New York. I think that's what we can get from that from the <laughs> from the Luba scoop. So, so your surprise was just another song. Yeah, I, there, it's another song, guys. You didn't. It's another, you didn't do anything, but. Spend how long? But did I did I sell you guys though? How long did you take doing that? From idea to completion? Yeah, uh, I think honestly, like less than an hour. Have you DM that to to Rachel Luba? Because I feel like you should. No, I never. I've never had contact with. I had to take my glasses off because I. It's on my notes app. I wrote this up before coming on the pod. But that that was uh yeah. How'd you how'd you guys like that? I think uh, I think it's gonna get, get as far. I think Brian's dog really likes the. Uh, L- Louie hates it. <laughs> I don't think Louie's a fan of a, a p- part of New York. Uh, I, Louie hates it, and uh, Brian, right. like you spent. Hold on, he spent all that fucking time on it, so now you have to do something with it. Did you not see the like, video I made with it? I mean, there was the no video. Podcast. There was no yeah. video. It was a bl- it was a still photo. Yo, you didn't see the little the waveforms? Yeah, I saw the wave going up and down. Yeah. But like. It's, Are you gonna put that out as like a, a single? Did you, not, did you not like the the Photoshop? I I liked it. I think <laughs> you need to make it into a music video and then Pat, send it to him. Like I I, think, I would feel bad for you if you put in all that work and he he never he never hears this. Also, I don't know if I want him to hear it because this might make him not want anything to do with, with think, us or the Mets. Pat, or, Pat I'm gonna yes. be honest with you. You hyped this up so much. Yes, I did. That, that's all I want to say. That was that was not worth this the is, hype. I think we also said only, we would fire you if it was another song. We specifically you all, said you would be fired if it was a song. And PJ then said he'd fire me if it's not a song. So I was. I did this say is my that. last episode either way. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an elaborate ruse to just fire you. I think the only problem it's a little long, but I, I think I, the entire time I muted myself and just kept asking, "How long is this?" Oh, it keeps going. I was going to do yeah. a full song. I chopped, I I chopped that's some not the full. That's not the full no, song. No, I, I edited oh it so God. there's like two verses out of like the eight. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't. I mean, just make it into a music video and just post it and then see if he if he listens to it. And I, I, I don't, don't like it. Oh, he is. <laughs> Did I sell you guys? Did you actually think I was talking with Rachel? Yeah, Luba? like I actually thought you had a cool opportunity well, you, for the podcast. 
Like I said, oh, you, I hyped, you hyped this up so much that, yeah, I believe it for a second. I'm not going to lie. Um, this is the biggest letdown I've had all day. This is, I'll just wait till the Browns play tonight. Yeah, I set you up for that one, didn't I? I just that want to talk about the Browns. Yeah. All right. I, I just want the Browns to get up to the I mentioned. Biggest game in 13 years. Um, I guess let's just transition this into uh, <laughs> a seamless Tre- transition. Trevor Bauer made a YouTube video uh, re- like where he ranked his top five uh, free agency teams so far based off of like how the fans have been recruiting him. Uh, we don't have to talk about the video too much, but he, the, he ranked the Mets as second. Uh, he said the fans were not that creative with their pitches to him. So fucking shout out Pat for making look an at, entire look at that. Music video that's gonna get uh, Disney to sue us. So I feel like um, I feel like he's gonna uh, walk back that statement. Like, hey guys, uh, I liked it better before. If he sees this, I liked it better when they didn't do anything. Yeah, it's but a tad creepy. I, I'll give it that. It's very creepy, Pat. You're more a grown man. I mean, I was also recording that in my closet too. I don't ever that makes it worse. <laughs> so, that just makes it worse. Um, yeah. So he ranked the second. Honestly. Right now, I'm gonna fucking say this. I think Trevor Bauer is gonna be a New York Met. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm just feeling it. He's given the Mets such like a love affair. He's saying it's such an exciting time to be a fan of Queens. He like he he wants to fucking be here. I think he really genuinely wants to be here. And he was saying how the most attractive thing Met fans can do is just constantly mention to him, like, you're gonna be in a rotation with Jacob deGrom. He was like, people telling me that. He's like, I get lost in the thought of being in a rotation with Strowman, DeGrom, and Syndergaard. He's like, I get lost in that idea. So just fucking, every Met fan, just tweet that at him like once a day. Just being like, hey, just so you know, if you sign with the Mets, you could be like fucking with, chilling with Jacob DeGrom every day. I, I think I'm leaning, I think I, I'm leaning towards thinking he's going to sign with the Angels. I think George Springer is a definite Met. We talked about it before. Um, I think George Springer, I'm penciling him as a Met. Bauer's like 50, Bauer's like 60, 40. I think he's going to the Angels. I know you don't want to hear that. That's just like where I'm currently at. Um, just it's between the Mets and the angels. He could, I really don't know what this guy to be completely honest. Like he keeps, he just keeps saying it. The angels and Mets are like the top two teams that I keep seeing him talk about, but he talks about every team. I don't fucking know anymore. I think he's going to the angels. I'd love him on the Mets, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I can't give you any more than that. I don't fucking know. Uh, Pat, you're the biggest asshole ever for that fucking thing. Oh my you're god, still, you're still caught up on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly just thinking about how much hype that was done all week, and and I thought you got us like a sponsor. I thought we were going to be joining like a different platform, yeah. and like someone was going to like actually represent us. And and here we are listening. I thought we we're getting an actual producer. A three a three minute song of you singing a cover of the Little Mermaid. That's probably going to get cease and desist the moment we put it out on the internet. I don't know what you're talking. That was Trevor Bauer singing. Did you not see? Before, before we Bauer? started recording, Pat said, this is going to be our biggest thing ever. This is going to get us to the top. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, you classic. Oh, shit. All powerful. Like this is, this is going to get all us right, to the top. All right, hold on. I'm telling hold on. you. If you make this into a clip or a video or whatever, and you put it out, what is the view total? It has to get in a week for it to be a success. And if you don't hit that, I feel like we need some kind of like podcast repercussion. Yes. We don't get if we don't get uh 3300 views on on what platform? Twitter or YouTube? On tw- uh, Twitter's been our our biggest thing. So I'm going to go with Twitter. Right, 3300 views on Twitter. If if you tweet this out and it's up for one week and it doesn't get 3300 views, what happens? We PJ and I will come up with your punishment. I have to do a full podcast blindfolded. That oh, how does that you change You basically anything? do that already. You, we ask you to look up stuff and you're, you're looking elsewhere. And then it, that doesn't change anything. I have to do it completely naked. Then I don't want that, that either. That only affects PJ and I, no one else gets affected by that. 
Then all right, we'll go, we'll, you, we'll go have, you have you, you yeah. have to shave your armpits completely. Oh, come on, completely. I we'll, I we'll, can't do we'll, that. You have to we'll, buzz them down to a zero. We'll come. We'll come up with something. We're gonna workshop this. Yeah. All right. But that's fine. Let's let's get back into other free agent topics. Uh, yeah. So the Mets are also linked to Liam Hendricks this week, and obviously we already talked about George Springer, but Liam Hendricks is the other big name. Um, kind of a weird thing that happened on Instagram. Trevor May posted that he's a Met. And uh, Liam Hendricks commented on the Instagram post being like, let's go or like with like a, a flexing emoji. And then Trevor May responded or a fan responded to that comment. It was like, hey, come join him in Queens. And then he liked it. So mm. is that is I mean, that, that's that's a, that's something that's basically a contract signed. Like so, if you ask me. No, but but realistically, um, I would love, I've been saying I want Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks or Brad Hand. They need, I want them to add another arm to the bullpen. Liam Hendricks would be perfect. Um, Hendricks was a, I'm pretty sure he was a guy on the A's with uh, when Sandy was there, like at the tail end. Um, so he'd be perfect. Like he's, he's been nothing but dominant for like five years to a decade. So I'd love that. I also feel like though, if like, obviously I would still like something else in the bullpen, even if it's not one of those two top guys. Um, that being said, I feel like a bullpen arm is like a trade trade deadline acquisition that you can do based off of like who's having a good season. Cause like you could easily acquire one of these guys and they could suck because these fucking relievers are so fucking like hit or miss. They're mm-hmm. such like flash in the pan. We know that with Edwin Diaz. So I'm almost rather than go like lower level and see if they can catch lightning in a bottle. And then at the trade deadline trade for a reliever who's on fire and then ride that hot hand for the rest of the year. But I also understand like the fact of like, having security and not trading prospects and all that stuff. But like, if, if you're in it, you're going to be trading at the deadline, no matter what for a need. I was going to say, it makes, they could easily, they could easily do both. I mean, that's yeah. very, that's very like, Oh, we have all this, this money and these stuff to think about, but they could. Um, Sandy has emphasized. He doesn't want to trade prospects. So if you're going in with that mindset already, like you're like, Hey, we, we should go sign a guy like this already. Instead of having to, to trade for a guy down the road, maybe we just get this guy right now. We don't need to do trade that down the road or we're like, Hey, we can get even better. Who knows? I, I want them to sign another guy. I'm not big on signing relievers for more than like two to maybe three years, depending on the money. Uh, Cause like you said, they're hit or miss. They're very volatile. Um, Liam Hendricks would be a guy that I would, cross that like oh give him three years but i would prefer any of these guys on like a two-year contract i just want to like circle back real quick to the mccann deal like any meth fan upset with that deal we fucking gave Jer- this is also a bad deal but jerry's familia got three years over 30 million dollars annual salary per year mccann's getting less than fucking familia it's a good fucking contract was it was it more than 30 i thought it was three years 30 exactly i thought they're getting uh no, i thought, I thought it was getting, over could have been like 33 or something Checking like that now i might be I might be mis- misremembering that, but yeah. Even it's, if it's the even if it's the same, yeah, no, it's stupid. Regardless, Jerry Stramelia and uh, James McCann, not the same level of player. I thought it was thirty three million off the top of my head. Uh, no, it's three years thirty. You're right, yeah. but yeah, the fact that they're making the same annual is fucking crazy. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we have going on right now. Let's talk about something a little positive that's going on in the Mets world. Uh, MLB announced the all MLB team. So there is not an all-star team, obviously for the 60 game season, all MLB team is something they kind of rolled out. I believe last year was the first year of it. Um, it is kind of a cool thing they do. MLB still does weird shit. Like when they announce this stuff, like they do it so far after the season's over, same thing with their awards. Like they got to just tighten shit up. They got to make things happen faster for the MLB. Um, that being said, no surprise here. Jacob DeGrom makes the first team 
all MLB team. We have another Met though that made the second team, which is Michael Conforto. Obviously, Michael Conforto was an absolute monster this year over those 60 games. Uh, probably yeah. Dom Smith should have probably made that team too, but you know, whatever. Uh, I want to talk about Conforto. Everyone's getting all hyped up into these free agency uh, acquisitions. We're talking about these trades that could potentially happen with like Lindor, Arenado, uh, Josh Hader. Everything is so around the trade and free agency market right now. But going into this offseason, we said one of our goals was locking up Michael Conforto long term. That being said, what do you think a Michael Conforto extension would look like? So I think we, we talked about this in our like throughout the season. We've definitely um, we've definitely mentioned it. I think it's going to be around like five year. I think I think it's going to be a five year contract. I think that's kind of a like a guarantee, like five years or more. The money wise, it's always a, the Boris contingency to where like whatever you think that contract is, he's going to negotiate an extra like twenty million dollars or an extra. Uh, however, however much on it. So like a five year, 120 to like 130 is the first kind of numbers that popped in my head. I, I don't know if you have like more or less or what you're thinking on that, but after, cause I think these, these all MLB teams is now like a talking point and add on to that contract negotiation to where like, Hey, it's like, Oh, we, I mean, also team this year, I was part of the all MLB team that should, uh, being that I get more money. So I'm like, that's a negotiating point for, for Boris. And that will only increase his, his value. Um, so I'm going to say like, I would say like five, one twenty to like one thirty, somewhere in that range. I'm thinking David Wright money, but over five years, David Wright got 138 million over seven. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a very team friendly deal at the same time though. I think you go the one thirty five over five for Conforto. And I, I feel like that gets it done. I, I don't think I go over like 145. Once you start getting to the 150s, then it's, it's like the, ah, I don't I don't think so. But I think 140 would be the cap and five years. I think five years 140 would be a a absolute max extension for Conforto. But I think you could get him in the 125 to 135 range under five years, and I think you feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's once you start getting north of 140 where you feel like you got fleeced a little bit. Yeah, I'm thinking like if I, I'll be happy with. If they got five years, one twenty, I'd be ecstatic. Five one thirty, I'd be cool with that. Five one forty, I'd be like, all right, a little bit more pricey, but I'm still cool with it. Five one fifty, I'm like, maybe we rethink this. I mean, if it's five years, one twenty five, the man's doing twenty five million a year. Like that's a fucking nice chunk of money. Yeah, no, it's a good if, deal. I mean, if he, if he gets, let's say he gets David Wright money, so you get one thirty eight over five, like he's doing twenty seven point six mil a year. That's a lot. That's a lot. So, yeah. and I mean, he's worth it. But at the oh, same definitely. time, like at the same time, you know, like how, how much North are you going to go? So like 27 million is one thing. Now let's say if you give him 140 over five, now that's when you're at 28, that's still not terrible. But once you get to that 150 range, that's where it gets scary for me. It's really all about the annual 30, value. That, if you're doing it over, if you're doing 150 over five, that's when you're in the 30 North and you can't yeah. have too many players on your team making 30 million. Like I said, it's all, it's all, it's largely contingent on like the annual value. So you can do the 150, but you might have to extend those years. And that's when, that's when it gets more scary when you're extending years instead of the money. Cause like, go. you don't, you don't know how much, like he could, he could easily break down those, those last couple of years. And you're paying this dude 27 million, uh, for, for two years of, um, unproductive, but that is the risk that you take for signing guys to long extensions. So I'd rather sacrifice a little bit more of the money like the 140, I'd be like, all right, it's a little more expensive, but 
I'd rather the 140 for five than like for seven. Yeah, I agree. Also, going back again to McCann, uh, McCann's deal is a four year deal. Uh, that offseason when his deal expires, uh, if the Mets for some reason still hadn't locked up Pete Alonzo or Jeff McNeil, both of them are up that offseason as well. So having McCann off the books when it's time to pay the big boys, I do like that. That being said, if you signed a George Springer, I also hope it's in the four year range. I don't Mm -hmm. want to go to that fifth year for Springer. I feel like whoever gets Springer might have to go to the fifth year though. Um, So that will be interesting to see if you have to go five years to land George Springer. And I also said that I think Trevor Bauer is going to be around the, a pretty similar number to what Conforto would be. I think he's going to be around the five year 135 mark. Um, We'll see if, if Luba can boost him up or if this song can crush his spirits and bring him down where he wants to sign for free. I have no idea, but if you signed like a George Springer, if you signed a Trevor Bauer, I think you have to be careful going to that fifth year because that's when then you're involved with Pete Alonzo and McNeil. If you want to keep them as Mets long-term, like you start putting that in jeopardy. If you start doing these five-year deals, I think they can afford to do one. So hopefully if they went after Springer and Bauer, you get Springer on the fifth year and then you get, I mean, you get Springer on four and you get Bauer on five. I think that's more realistic. I don't think you're going to get Bauer on a four. See, I, I been saying this. I, Bauer, I think Bauer's going to sign these, these one, one year contracts with like a, not like a, maybe it's two year with an opt out at the end. So it, it could, it could work in the, uh, in the Mets favor where they, they could go with the more money for Trevor Bauer on the one year deal worth like 30, 35, but Springer gets that five year, like a hundred or to like 120. Um, that would work out best. I didn't realize that, uh, Pete Alonzo and Jeffrey Neal's contract are back to the four years. That's a good point. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully things start to, to heat up soon. Cause I want, I just want these contracts to be signed to know what everyone is, is going with. Um, but even Sandy in the press conference said like things aren't really that hot. Like right now with, with the market, with these, he called them gourmet items. Um, so who, who knows when these guys are actually going to sign, but I hope it, I hope it doesn't take too long. We had the off season with Harper and Machado where they didn't even sign to like the end of February. And that was just really fucking annoying. So I'm telling you, man, MLB's got to get their shit together at free agency. They got to make it exciting. They got to make it exciting where they can make it like, hey, listen, this is a six week period. Every other fucking league can get these massive contracts negotiated in these times. Like you guys got to start figuring the shit out. No, like you got to start putting a, like, I wish they can do some kind of like penalty. If you, hey, listen, if you have like made X amount of all-star games, you have to sign a contract within six weeks of the off season starting. Otherwise, like you have to sign like a one year deal. Or do like something like fucking like some dramatic. sort of some sort of like be punishment something. or penalty or something. Yeah, it's 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 very it's it's very boring. But Pat, Pat has to write a song about you, and you have to listen to the song on repeat if you if you refuse to I'll, sign. I'll it do it weeks. for every free agent. I don't care. I care. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Um, what else happened? So we have the A Rod interview. Uh, a Rod went on a podcast to talk about what it would be like if he were to have won the purchase of the New York Mets. And God almighty, thank God he did not win the fucking purchase of the New York Mets. We dodged the biggest fucking bullet by him not having this team. He, he flat out said in all confidence, like this was like, yeah, this is obviously what I was going to do. And everyone wanted this. He said the words baseball was going to be a small part of this. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? 
Like this is a baseball team, a team that wants to spend money and win. And you're like, yeah, we want to make this a business. We, uh, we want to make some money off this. We could have made uh, like 10 to $15 billion. Like Aaron, I don't give a fuck about your, your net worth. I want to win baseball games. And if you weren't going to do that, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I mean, we lucked out more than anything with Steve Cohen and honestly, like Steve and his wife, Alex have been fucking incredible. It's like the mom and dad of the New York Mets. Um, speaking of what the mom and dad, or I'm sorry, the aunt and uncle of the New York Mets with uncle Stevie, uh, speaking of them, what they just fucking did, they went down to city field and handed out bobbleheads to season ticket holders. And they surprised everyone with their presence. And they were taking videos with the fans. And honestly, we've talked about this, but Steve's presence just, like a consistent presence with this fan base right now and how he's interacting with us on Twitter and how he's just, he's there for us. He's one mm-hmm. of us and you know, he's one of us and him having this team, his priority is to have this team win games and win championships. He doesn't give a shit if he increases the value of the New York Mets like net worth, or if they can rent out city field as a concert venue. So JLo can sit there and sing, let's get loud on repeat 50 fucking times and be Jenny from the block again in her mid fifties. Like we don't give a fuck. We just want to win championships. That's it. And that's all Stevie wants. I don't want, I don't want to go on unnoticed either, but uh, Alex's wife, she's also been awesome. Awesome. Also, she was there with him, handing out bobbleheads, being super uh, together. They took a they took a picture, um, Stephen Alex with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Met, which just warmed my heart. Absolutely. Those are you think of uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Met as uh, as our parents, and uh, Uncle Stevie and Auntie Alex as our, our aunt and uncle. Um, but what he said, there is the one like forty second video that was floating around Twitter. Um, he he basically reiterated everything he's always said. The Mets fans are the best fans in the world. And the only thing I can keep saying is the fucking will pumps would never, they would never, ever, ever one, even be out there to hand out bobbleheads to the season. They go, but two, give any acknowledgement to the fans being awesome and die hard. And just, I, I fucking just love this man so much. I can't say any good things about him. I'm going to read everyone. If you don't have Twitter, I'm, I want you all to know this. This is just the type of people that now own the New York Mets. Uh, Alex Cohen, his wife, she tweets on Twitter. She just got verified. So she goes, guess who just got verified? Does this mean I'm really me now? Her husband, New York Mets owner, Steve Cohen, he replies to it and says, it's the first check that I didn't have to give my wife. Congrats, honey. You are now officially you. Instead of replying with something like negative, she goes, honey, you verified me over 30 years ago when you said, I love you. That's my fucking heart. These are the people that own the Mets. The Wilpons literally fired a fucking girl for being pregnant. And these are now the people that own the Mets. This is a magical fucking time, everyone. I have I have I have friends of mine who to tell me, oh, Steve Cohen's being really annoying on Twitter. Fuck that. Yeah. I love this shit. I fucking love everything he's doing on Twitter. He's just he's interacting. He's being he's being a fucking actual human being and want he wants to interact with the Mets fans. He wants to get their opinion. I love him so fucking much. Can I, can I play devil's advocate for one second? No, Please don't can. I mean, if you don't want me to, I don't have go to, ahead, go on, go ahead. I, it's, it's better not be another on, song. Honestly, how much on like a scale of one to a hundred of a percentage, do you believe that this is actually Steve Cohen tweeting these things and not some like 22 year old uh, social media intern who like is just hired by him to like formulate, I would, I would, I would say most, some of these tweets, absolutely. It's Steve Cohen talking, but some of them might actually just be like an intern kind of just like taking the reins here and there. See, I don't think so. I don't think it is. There's a, there's another tweet that came out today and he like, 
he like miss he like misworded something. I forget exactly what it was, but he basically, he like, I know he, what it was. PJ, I have it. What I, was it again? I don't remember. Exactly I, what it was. I wanted to bring it up because that that this was my counter to what Pat just said too. Yeah. Um. He had a typo which basically involved him saying like you don't have to swallow, and every <laughs> single Met fan was like that's what she said or was like responding to him, and he was like, ah, oh, that's just a lousy joke, and like he was just like interacting with it, but like his response to that was like an embarrassed old man who just got like, that's what she said. He, t- he actually tweets like, like from the interviews we've seen of Steve Cohen, he tweets like, I think uh, he talks like he tweets. It's kind of what I'm going at. Like he tweets like a, a an older man. So like, I think it's him. Yeah. So fuck you. Um, Pat, this show has a lot of things that we want to talk about. We also have a trivia portion that we're about to transition into. Uh, do you have that all prepared? Yeah. Before we do that, <laughs> PJ and I have a surprise for you. Um, uh, we'd like to, we'd like to give you like 30 seconds to a minute to talk about this topic. Um, since you right. are a fan of the Washington football team and yeah. they were formerly known as the Washington Redskins, the Cleveland Indians announced that they will be changing their name and what better person to talk about this than somebody who is going through that right now. So Pat, the floor is yours. Talk, talk about the Indians changing their name. Yeah, no, I, I mean, everyone kind of saw it coming. I mean, I think it, it doesn't go into effect, though, till the 2022 season, right? I think they're going to do the 2021 season still stay as the Indians, but it's fine. If they want to be the Cleveland baseball team, then that's fine by me. Uh, I, I just think that uh, this is kind of our new reality. So whatever pieces the uh, the masses, I mean, go for it, man. And that's that's my that's my take. You still what got, is it? Uh, Forty more seconds, if you want to keep. I was going. gonna say, what is it like being like a fan of a team who just changes the name, like get having to get all new shit? I mean, it's. I think the Indians are completely different than like the Washington football team in a way where it's like what Washington. Actually, I might be wrong because I don't know anything about the Washington Indians. Uh, but I think is it because the Washington football team is going through a complete rebuild, basically, like with their front office. So it kind of is appropriate with the team name change. But it's like if the Indians do it, like. Is are they like in the because weren't they in the play? Were they in the playoffs? Were they? Yeah, they're no. in the playoffs. Yeah, so it, it, I feel like that's kind of a little more disruptive. Where it, I can see a lot of fans not really going for it because it's like, oh come on, we're in the middle of something good. Then why change what's what's already been working with us for like the last like decade or century? Whatever, however, whenever they started, in five years. Wow, yeah, it's a lot of baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, good, good luck to them. It's it sucks as long as your owner doesn't come out and say like, yeah, we're going to be the Washington football team for another year after this, after they've had a full year to analyze new name ideas. I said, I, I said, I slick fuck with the Washington football team. And I said, I said it the, uh, the other day to some of my friends that I kind of fuck with the, uh, just them being called the Cleveland baseball team or the Cleveland baseball club. But the rethinking that I like the Washington, I actually like the name, the Washington football team, just cause it's I'm the so, only one of its kind. I'm so and, and used like to a, it. The, yeah. the only time I get pissed off with the Washington football team is when like Fox will put up that stupid ass graphic where it says like everyone's team name and it'll be like, Oh, the, the Lions stats. And then the football team stats, like, no, just say Washington. It's such an easy little like, ha ha, fuck you. Just putting wa- football team. But I'm like, just put Washington. Just refer to them as Washington. The joke, the joke of that I kept seeing when they beat the Steelers and me being a Browns fan, I love when any team beats the Steelers, but it's so much more funnier when everyone's like, yo, you got beat by a team that has no fucking name. Yeah. I was no, dying. I, I, I loved it. I do enjoy it. that. Yeah. All right, Pat, you survived. Uh, congratulations. Can you Never take us into again. trivia? Take us into yeah. trivia. All right. So we reached out on Twitter. We got some, uh, some responses for some uh, questions. We'll shout them out when uh, we get to those questions. Uh, but the rest of them, uh, we have seven questions. We're going to go head to head. So whoever... Just uh, say say your name, 
to answer in. We're not, we're not, we're not doing this. We're I thought we were doing, doing this teams. like, I thought we were no, doing this be like, between, it's going to be you versus Scooter versus the big man. Yeah. But how do we, how do we, There's seven, what, seven questions. Ra- so, are we raising our hand in order? No, for you're you- you're going to say Scooter and then PJ is going to say big man. And that's how you're going to buzz in. So just say, I have more syllables. Actually, no, I think it's the same. Say big, fine. Big, big and scoot. There you go. All right. So if you know the answer, you say can't, that whoever I hear first. Just, just our names. Why don't like you just ask? Names. Why don't you just ask one of us, and then the other person can steal? Oh, right, then I guess we can just flip flop that way. Then that's that fine. way we're not uh, shouting over each other. We probably should have established this beforehand. It worked. <laughs> uh, all right, so we have seven questions. Uh, the two questions we got submitted were really good questions, and uh, the the other five I had to find are probably not good questions. So we're gonna see how this goes. Uh, who wants to start? Brian can start. All right. All right. So Brian's going to start. Uh, we won't, we'll just have like a kind of baseline time limit. Like just don't take like fucking forever. Keep my hands uh, up. Question, question one. Uh, who is the Mets all time leader in triples and stolen bases? Jose Reyes. Okay. That's correct. Brian has one point. Uh, wow. Good start. Uh, PJ, mm-hmm. your question is which player did the New York Mets trade to the Cleveland Indians? How funny we just brought him up. The New York Mets trade to the Cleveland Indians for catcher Harry Chitty in 1962. I see where this is going. What? Do you know the answer? Uh, no, but I see exactly uh, where this is going. Uh, no, no, me I, and Brian this did is the same thing to you. No, this was this was not intentional, but please answer the question. Which player did the New York Mets trade to Cleveland for catcher Harry Chitty in 1962? Hmm. Well, Frank Thomas was on that team at 35 homers. Um, that wasn't the question, but uh, it's called thinking. Uh, it's called a process of thinking. Um, Do a little faster. So, uh, okay. What I'll, what I'll say faster is this was a clear ruse by uh, Brian and Pat because they know they can't beat me in a draft, so they have to do. Oh, uh, no, this is, oh my God! I wasn't wow. a part. Of, I, I was not a part away. Of, I was not a part of this. First off, let right, me, this is a plug by Pat. I'm sorry, Brian. I apologize. Let, let me. Okay, my original plan was to ask you both the question at the same time. So how could this be an attack on you when you guys just changed the format? Do, do so, you know the answer? No, I don't. I was I was uh, I was spitballing. Ryan, I'll just guess Buddy Harrelson. I know that's wrong. No, the correct answer is himself, Harry Chitty. And that trade, they a part of the trade. It was a player who will be named later, and he did not perform well, so they traded him back to Cleveland. All right. I mean, that I guess honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be in all seriousness here. I think I actually knew that now that you say it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, there's a significance to that than if a player was traded for himself. Yeah. So that's, that's, I okay. don't think the, that's as ridiculous as a question originally now. That's fair. The gap between the questions though. That's, that's yeah, the, that was a significant well, I, I meant to, I was being rushed before coming on air. I, I wanted to reshuffle these. Into no, a you weren't. Format, you took 40 minutes to get on air. This is why I had to perfect that song. Anyway, question number three, which Brian, which player from the 73 Mets coined the phrase, you gotta believe. Uh, that'd be Tim McGraw. Is it Tim McGraw? I mean, I have Tug McGraw, but that might be uh, a typo. Tug. Tim McGraw, uh, Tim McGraw Tug, is Tim, the uh, Tim McGraw is the country the, singer. He's a country singer, yeah. Uh, the Tug McGraw. McGraw. Uh, my my answer, because that's the, the wrong answer. My uh, answer is oh. Tug McGraw. Oh, oh, come on. Look at that. No, I'm taking that. <laughs> Pat read the answer out oh, loud. That, oh, uh, that is true. All right, we'll split, <laughs> the, we'll split the point. All right, 1.5 to 0.5. <laughs> there you go. I love it. All right, uh, we're going to go to one of our viewer questions now. Uh, this is from at NYJ Mike, who uh, submitted the question. Since 2000, four Mets have hit exactly three, 30 home runs in a season. Name all four. And of course, we're going to get the NJ, NYJ Mike specific stat question. So I thought this would be fun. It's to me, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So I know two of them. Okay. One's, one's Curtis Granderson. He did it in like, I think it was 2017. He had that weird season where he went 30 and like 60. 2016, but yes, I'll still take the answer. 2016, 2017. Um, the other one I know off the top of my head is Mike Cameron, because we talked about Mike Cameron stats like a few times. He did yep. that in like 2003 or four? Four. 2004. Four. All right, so you need um, two more. Knowing Mike, NYJ Mike, follow him on Twitter. Um, knowing Mike, it's 100% Lucas Duda. You know, you know what year? It doesn't matter, does it? 2015. No, it doesn't doesn't matter, but I thought... I think it was 15, 2015. 2014. 14. Yeah, you've been a year off on like all these. I know. Kinda. Um, and then uh, last one. The last one's tricky. I don't know. I have. This is not my official answer. I'm just talking this through. I have Carl Delgado on my mind, but I don't think it's him. Beltran, I don't think he hit exactly 30. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say David Wright. Wow. David Wright is the correct answer. What what year uh, do you want to say for Wright? Was it 2007? 2007. Wow. That was his. That was his, good. That was his Brian, should be MVP Brian, year. Would you would have gotten that? No, I was gonna say Ike Davis. All right. I thought about Ike Davis. I think he had tw- he he either hit like twenty nine or like thirty one. Yeah, like he, hit, he, was, he hit like almost he was, that. He was right around that number. That would have been yeah. mine. I had I all had right. the other three though. I did have all three of those. All right, so now it is two point five to one point five. We got a barn barn burner here. Just give Brian the point. I don't I don't right. want the point five. <laughs> <laughs> so was it two yeah. two then? No, it'd be three one Brian. Or two one, two one, two one, two one, two two one. All right, two one, Brian. All right, Brian. Which big man power hitter was the Mets' starting first baseman in two thousand two? Mo Vaughn. Mo Vaughn is the correct answer. Mo Vaughn sucked. He did. He was awful. He uh, he went into a realtor. Like he became a home realtor. Did he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he did. Good for fun him. Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, Give Brian an extra half point for that fun fact. <laughs> all right, that's fine. So we have three point five to one. Yeah. All right, uh, PJ. Yeah. Who was the Mets shortstop from 96 to 02? Who was one of the worst hitters in Mets history, but one of their best fielders? Uh, was it Ray Ordonez? It was Ray Ordonez. Yes. Ray Ordonez now was is. fucking incredible at shortstop. But a bad hitter, apparently. Yes. So it's 3.5 to 2. All right. Uh, how many questions do I have left? I think this is the last um, question. I'd like to donate my 0.5 to Pat. Okay. So it's 3 <laughs> to 2 to 1. Oh, that'd be 0. 0.5. You don't 0. get that. I round, I round up as the producer. Uh, all right, so this is the last question. This this one, I'll just leave up to uh, to both of you. Whoever answers first. I don't care. Even though it doesn't really matter because... Actually, who's down right now? PJ, PJ. is, right? Give, P, give PJ the question. All right, if P, he gets yeah, this it, is PJ. Ties. All right, this, is, this was submitted by at Brian underscore Clark underscore 17. He also has a follow-up like discussion topic after this question, so I thought I'd end with him. This question is, who leads the Mets in hit-by-pitches? Like all-time? I or believe all-time. Or last year? I would assume it's all-time, no? It's, it's definitely not last year, but it's it's all-time. Okay. So it's all-time. You could have just said all-time, but... Um, yeah. yeah, it's a tough one. Um, can you give me any sort of hint? Uh, it was It was not before the year 2000. So it's so it's this century. Yeah, it's this century. I okay. I think I know the answer. Okay. Um yeah, I don't really have I don't have a a good guess. I'm just going to say Lucas Duda. That is say incorrect. My, can I say mine? Yes, Brian. I think it's Brandon Nimmo. That is incorrect. Ooh. The uh do you want me to say the answer? You want to give one guess each again? We can go one more. I also round. didn't fact check this. I'm assuming Brian's right with this answer. <laughs> But um, I'll give you I'll 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 guess. Uh, Ruben Tejada. 
No. What was the? Yeah, that that wouldn't be fair. Um, Remember that guy on our Heat team, Brian, who always got hit by a pitch. Yeah. When we play baseball, throw back to that. Hmm, that might be a clue. Is it no. Jimmy Butler? No, that guy's name is Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis. He's always. It was like our first game, and he got hit by like a, a hit by the pitch, and like back to back bats. He was like seven, seven, one. The man yeah. with a mask, mammoth. He would just look at the dugout and shrug his fans like, what the hell, man? Uh, uh, fuck, I don't know. I'm going to just kill Cliff Floyd. I don't know. Nah. It's, was it? uh, Ryan, you getting one last or are you done? No, I'm done. It's uh, LaDuca. Oh. Apparently, it is LaDuca. But then his I follow-up conversation thing was he wants to know who had a better change-up, in your opinion, in their primes, Santana or Martinez? I think Santana. I, I was gonna say Santana's circle uh, circle change was yeah. nasty. That that nasty circle change that just died in the dirt was fucking filth. I think I think Pedro maybe not in the Mets, just like on on the Red Sox. Pedro Martinez might be the best pitcher I've ever seen. But just talking about the individual pitch, Johan Santana's uh, changeup was incredible. That was his best pitch. Uh, speaking of pitchers with dominant stuff, PJ, who is our random Met of the week? Yes, yeah, definite dominant stuff. Um, first, I, I want to say thank you to to Mike and Brian for entering those questions in. Um, Drew was kind of fun. Um, I, I needed the four. I'm not like Jeff D. Lowe. I need the format a little better, but yeah, you, next, next time will be better. We should we should have talked about how we were actually going to do it, um, but yeah. it was cool. Um, yeah, so random Met of the week is Chris Flexen. Chris Flexen. If you remember him, uh, sucked on the Mets. Um, Chris Flexen pitched in the, the KBO last year, and I have his stats in front of me. <clears throat> he went to a uh, he signed with he signed with the Mariners, uh, but last year pitched for the uh, Doosan Bears. He pitched to a three oh one ERA, a one oh nine WHIP, and went eight and four in twenty one games. So Brian, you want to talk about Chris Flexen? Chris Flexen is somebody that consistently flexed on them hoes. When he was in uh, the Korean League, he was very bad with the Mets, though. Yeah, he sucked. I think he had like a, a combined like eight ERA with the Mets. Um, can I speak? I, can I speak candidly for a moment? No, please. Sure. Thanks. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I think this is a really good episode, and I want to say that on air. I think we had a really good episode. I think. I think we were. I think we were doing very well. That has nothing to do with Chris Flexen, but no. there's not much more to say on Chris Flexen. Yeah, he um, kind of is irrelevant. He's not. I'm surprised. Yeah, I. I uh, I thought I thought we did uh, really well, and then kind of the the song came in, and that was something. But I'm surprised Brian's saying that we had a good episode. Well, half of it he was muting his mic, yelling at his dogs for barking in the same room as him. But I mean, <laughs> I guess I guess that I mean there was one part where PJ just went off. Credit to PJ, he just kept it professional. And Brian's like yelling, screaming. He punched a hole in his wall. That he didn't flipped happen. His, flipped his desk. Didn't happen. Right, urinating on his, his bed sheets. It was a weird. Uh, I peed in the bathroom mid episode. Brian, and there's not, you can and back, not the gallon next to me that I could have peed in. You back can to see back the weeks, hole. You don't have to. You can see the hole in the sign in the today I will kill it sign. Like it's 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 bad. But credit to, credit <laughs> to me and Pat. Maybe Trevor Hildenberg uh, had a point. That's all I'll yeah. say. I think Listen, I'll actually just kick Brian from the Zoom right now and just start the Pat and PJ show. Yeah. If I'm the weak link, I want you guys to tell me, and I want you guys just to take the show and run with it. I just want you guys to come next week with a song that you guys created your own about a free agent that we still want. Even if it doesn't even have to be like a two and a half minute song like I did, but just it like a, be. a, it will a, not 15, be a 15 to 20 second parody of a song for a free agent that you want. You can't take Bauer though, because I already have Bauer. Then I'm, all, I'm off. <laughs> Get Springer. What's wrong with Springer? I want Bauer. I, I do Bauer again, but I mean, I, you're just... I, you're, I, you're taking away my thunder. 
I'll do Kurt. I'll do Kurt Suzuki. That's fine. Do Kurt. I think he's uh, is he I'll even do, a free agent? I'll, no, he's not. But I'll do. I'll make a man out of you. He's not. He's not with the White Sox. You're not even paying attention. Yeah. Oh shit. Yep. Pat, I'm gonna do a. Pat, I'm wait, gonna do let just, it snow, but for JT Snow. Pat, can we just talk about this? Like, you're probably gonna be a Met fan by opening day. Yeah. I'm. I'm scared because I really don't want to. Because growing up, I've always like hated New York Mets fans. But like the last like week, ever since the Clem interview, like I've like had my ear to the the streets <laughs> of like hearing like New York Mets like like just chatter. Like I listened to the the, the interview today with the GM. And then uh, the new, what was it? The McCann news. I literally jumped out of bed. You would have thought I just got adrenaline straight to my veins. Like I was like actually hyped. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, scared. I'm going to quote a, uh, a wise man in, uh, in Harvey Dent. You either live long enough. Or you either die here or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's Pat. Yeah. I hope I hope I live long enough. That was a great thing to end the episode on Pat. So just end it with PJ saying that. I can't plug the social. Uh, I guess never mind. Plug the social. <laughs> God damn it! No, no, it's fine. I can, I can, I could chop that out then, and just go straight into the. Brian, you start saying, "Okay, uh, PJ, just go." Oh, wow, what a quote, PJ. Plug the social, and then let's get out of here. Wow, what a quote. <laughs> there was, That's it. There was what? negative enthusiasm in that. All right, all right, all right. Hold on. Pat's gonna have a hard time chopping this. Hold on one sec. That's fine. Wow, what a quote. <laughs> You still got to lead up PJ to do the social. What? He could just say, I got to. Wow. What a quote. PJ, plug the social. Thanks, Brian. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ScootBigManPod. Why am I doing this? <laughs> follow, I? Us on, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at ScootBigManPod. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> The one fucking time I try to be a producer, I guess. We'll see you guys next this. week. Follow, the, follow us on YouTube, uh, Scooter Big Man. Uh, Brian, Pat, anything else? No, please, let's end this. Part of your world. No, part of New York. Sorry. End scene. Meet the Mets, fuck the rest at last, cause you're listening to the best sports podcast. We got Brian with jokes that make you laugh on the floor. He's a nine of best like Brennan and Mo. PJ's the man, so many hearts to steal. Like a squirrel from a nut, call him Jeff McNeil. And then this pack, keep it everything rational. Too bad the fuckers are a fan of the Nationals. Stop us, please, we ain't that slow. Push your ball so far like Peter Alonso. So sit back, relax, and if you're a Mets fan, cause you're about to witness Scooter and the Big Man. Pat surprises us with a awful, awful surprise. And we surprise him right back at the end. Also, trivia and random Met of the week. Let's get it started. And uh, Brian, I don't want to get that again. Yeah, I think it is yeah, again. Don't don't mention what? the surprise. Just say Pat is a surprise. Don't say what what the fuck are they gonna tune into the year? Oh, uh, Pat is an awful surprise. All right. The New York Mets finally have a new general manager. Oh, nope, cut that. Don't like that word. <laughs> general manager. Manager. A manager. General manager. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, terrible talk. I'm glad we recorded that. Uh, Steve Cohen surprises ticket season ticket holders. God fucking damn it, PJ. No, you can stomach uh, away. Bro, th- those little hiccups I can edit. You don't have to derail it. I, I, I don't know that. The New York Mets finally have a general manager. They have. (laughs) 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 Stop this. I don't want to watch this fucking game. (laughs)
Brian, get your shit together. He just walked out his ass out. <laughs> yeah, be professional one time. Why am I the fucking person? All right. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to episode. I don't even know what show this is. 